Warning, the following podcast has been classified as insanely lucrative. Listener discretion is advised. It's one of the ways that allows me to actually bid higher when I'm doing pay-per-click because I have that cushion that a lot of my competitors don't because they're paying to get stuff fast. So they're paying an extra three $3, let's say, per unit. Well, I can apply that $3 per unit towards pay-per-click and outrank them. Your attention, please. please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue stream and unfair, unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. This is the podcast where we discuss generating recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show. As a matter of fact, tonight is kebab night, Mediterranean kebab night with wine. They got a big barbecue going on outside here, not too far away. I'm gonna be headed to that, and guess what, guys? I will be making money while doing that. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. So this episode is an update to the 90-day challenge that I gave myself back in episode number one. Uh, For those of you that uh, have been following me uh, that long, or maybe you've gone back and listened to episode one, I made a challenge. The challenge was to generate $25,000 in sales over a 90-day period. Well, those 90 days are here. They're up. And you also know, if you've been following my podcast, that I crushed that 25K goal a long time ago. Actually, the first two weeks that my products went on sale, boom, done, crushed it. The total sales as of right now are $125,565. That's the number. And The majority of that was done back in December. Unfortunately, I ran out of inventory after two weeks and I had essentially almost from December until now, I've been out of stock. I've had a small amount of stock that's been coming in through Express Air, but the majority of my my inventory was put on a boat. I shipped it by sea because the profit margins just weren't that fantastical. (laughs) You like the word fantastical when uh, shipping via Express Air. So uh, they were on a boat and then they got delayed. They got uh, stuff that I've never dealt with before in terms of the whole shipping container had to be x-rayed and it just got held up. But long story short, the stuff has arrived. It's been in stock now for a handful of days, not too long, and the sales are jumping back up. Now, I lost well over $100,000. I did an episode on that as well. Go back and check it out. $100,000 in sales in one month. Uh, that's what Amazon estimates I lost based on being out of stock. So that was a, uh, that was a moment where I was crying into, my, into a towel or <laughs> whatever it might be, but it was pretty brutal, right? I just didn't order enough stuff. I ordered enough inventory, honestly, to last me 90 days to get to that 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 goal that I wanted to get to, to exceed that goal by far. I didn't expect to go through triple the number. In the end, it was over $80,000 with everything uh, in essentially less than a month. So up until about a week ago, my sales had plummeted. 
everything was bad. I mean, uh, with no inventory, just some some sporadic stuff coming in. My sales dropped to well under um, just a few hundred dollars a day. It was pretty pathetic, pretty sad. But I have since rebounded. The sales have jumped up substantially. Now that I actually have inventory and I can get back to doing what I, I do, it was at the sales jumped up to about 600, then 900, 1200, $1,686. I'm just looking at the chart here. $2,164. So a couple days ago, I'm oh, sorry, that was yesterday. Today, $2,552. So the, high, the biggest number so far of the month. So about $2,552 and it's only, uh, I still got five hours or so to go in a day. So I expect it'll, it'll finish out at probably 2700 $2, I'm guessing. I mean, that's pretty good, right? I mean, I get up to $3,000 per day and that's a $90,000 per month business, you know, in sales. So it's building back up. That's only with two of my main product uh, lines in inventory right now. I have five products that are, they're supposed to be arriving any day now, um, but they're not here yet. So once those get in, I expect that will jump the numbers back up as well. So Let's talk about the ramifications of running out of stock, okay? So first thing, if you run out of stock for one week, not a big deal, okay? I had that happen. I ran out of stock. I was Luckily, I was able to get some stuff in stock real fast through some express air. Um, got the stuff. It was about a week. I think it was about seven days. And, uh, and I had ordered just a couple days before running out of stock. That allowed me to bounce back. I didn't lose my too much of my BSR, uh, my keyword rankings, everything were pretty solid. Now, after that, the factory, because of Chinese New Year and because of a bunch of other stuff before that, I just couldn't get any inventory. So I went out of inventory literally for about a month. And when that happens, oh my God, guys, bad things happen. Your BSR drops like crazy. I went from top of my category essentially to like 150,000 BSR or it was really really bad. And the ranking for the rankings for all the keywords were just brutal where they were, you know, number 2, number 3 on the page, on page 1. Now they were not even showing in the top 300 once I started it all over again. So essentially I was almost starting all over, but there is I think there still is something in the algorithm that knows, hey, this is not a brand new account because I'm able to, within a week now, jump things up fast. I mean, I, I keep looking at the charts in terms of the keyword rankings and they're jumping up like, you know, a specific keyword will jump up 12 points or 12, 12 positions uh, from where it was. And then the next day it jumps up another 18 positions. So it goes from like page you know, four to page three and now it's at the bottom of page one. Um, so I'm working on it. I'm getting them up there. I'm using some advanced tactics to to do this. And yeah, my goal is to start building this back up to uh, where it is officially a $100,000 per month business. That's where I want it to be anyways, um, at the very minimum. If you're shipping by sea, make sure that you have categorized your products correctly, that they're in the right category. Because uh, I had a product that, for example, if you're in toys, from what I understand, toys, uh, the majority of toys anyways, uh, don't have any duties or they're very low. Uh, I don't remember the exact thing. I, I'm not dealing with that specifically, but the classification for my particular product was entered as the material type that made up that particular product. Okay. And it was at a, uh, that gets taxed at a much higher rate. So I just found out about this because I don't know anything really in the scheme of things. I don't really know very much at all about freight forwarding and all the 
the little details and nuances of, of freight forwarding. So I just left it to my my guys over there and let them do it. And um, just finding out about this stuff. Had I not asked, I, I wouldn't have known. So I might be trying different freight forwarders. I, I think I, it'll be a good idea to try two or three just to see how everything works with them. I like the, my contact at my current freight forwarding company is, is awesome, but I haven't used anybody else, so I have no reference, nothing to gauge whether they're doing a great job or not. So I want to expand out, try at least one or two other companies, and then I can report back and actually give people my opinion on what I think, and then actually make some suggestions, because I don't want to do that right now. I don't want to give any referrals until I know if it's, it's actually good relative to what else is out there. Okay, so that's one thing with, uh, with sea shipping. Remember also, guys, that if you, if you ship stuff by sea, you're going to save a lot of money, usually about two-thirds of your shipping, sometimes even more. So if it normally costs you $10 to get a product here into the U.S., you could probably get it that's that's via Express Air, by the way. Um, $10 via Express Air. You might be able to get it here for $3 in terms of getting it by, by sea. The actual sea shipping amount will be much lower. Like it's like, I don't even remember, something like one-eighth the cost of, is what I was seeing. Something really, really low. But by the time you add in all the fees and uh, there's like 50 different fees, it adds up. So it's about a third, I think. But that's a, that's a good amount, you know? I mean, think about this. If I'm ordering 5,000 units of something and it normally costs me $6 per unit to get it out here, right? 5,000 units, I say 5,000 units times six, that's $30,000 that I would have to pay in shipping. But if I can get that down to like $2, right? Now I'm only paying 10,000. So I've just saved myself $20,000. And if I'm doing this every single month, I'm saving myself $240,000 per year in shipping. It's crazy. So I know a lot of you guys aren't there yet. You're not at a level where you're comfortable with sending stuff by sea. It's one of the ways that allows me to actually bid higher when I'm doing pay-per-click because I have that cushion that a lot of my competitors don't because they're paying to get stuff fast. So they're paying an extra three, $3, let's say, per unit. Well, I can apply that $3 per unit towards pay-per-click and outrank them on pay-per-click and drive those sales to me. That's a little tactic that I use. So mark that down. If you're taking notes, that's an awesome tactic. Any money you save, you can use to promote and market your product and outsell your competitors, okay? So it's pretty cool. Also, if if you're trying to build up your sales rank, your I'm sorry, your, your BSR, and you want, you know, you gotta get a lot of sales. The more sales you get, the higher BSR goes. You also want to be ranking for keyword searches, right? You want to be on that first page. In order to do that, if you want Amazon to start throwing traffic your way, okay, you have to make sure that you're relevant, that your your product is relevant in some way. You don't always need to have those keywords in order to be pulled by Amazon to, to show your ad for that keyword search, okay? As long as you're relevant, and it has an algorithm, it knows that whatever your product is, if you you didn't put those keywords in, you're still relevant to to those keywords. It, it no, it's not dumb. It knows the basics, but it helps a ton, a massive, massive amount if you actually have those keywords in your listing, whether they're on the back end through your keywords, whether you have them in your title, whether you have them in your bullet points, or even in some cases in your description. And yes, guys, I don't care what you've heard, what professional expert when it comes to Amazon keywords or anything like that says, bullet points rank. All right, absolutely, they rank, and you should be using bullet points 
well, I shouldn't say you should be using bullet points. I use bullet points. Let me just say that, yeah. <laughs> I use bullet points not as selling points, right? Because a lot of people are like, oh, you got to make sure they're short and they've got to look beautiful and they got to be concise and to the point. Okay, do that. Go for it. That's not what I do. Why would you do that? I mean, when you're buying stuff, do you read all the little bullet points? Usually you already know what you want. Okay, you've done your research. You're, you're researching the products on Google typically, right? Isn't that what you do? I, I know I do. I go to Google. I, I find stuff. If I'm on Amazon and it's a low ticket price uh, or low ticket item, then yeah, I don't care. I'm not going to be doing research. I'm just going to go down and look at the reviews. I almost never, ever read the description or at least I don't pay a lot of attention to it. I, I give that like 10% influence in, in my decision. I, I put 90% of it on customer fee, uh, reviews. You know, is it five stars? How many reviews are there? That's what I'm focused on if I'm going to buy something. So who cares what the bullet points, as long as they're not garbage. I mean, you want it to be good, but you should be essentially keyword stuffing. I don't, I hate to say that without keyword stuffing, right? Make it sound natural, make it sound clean and get your main keywords in there. Okay. Because if, if you got, if you get them into your bullet points and they're in your title and you've got them in the first sentence or two of your description, that increases your odds of your, your those keywords actually getting picked up by Amazon and having your pay-per-click ads shown for your product. And it also helps you in terms of just organic ranking. You might not even be ranking at all without having those words in there. So you have to do it. And I'm mentioning this because that's probably the number one thing or the number one topic that people want me to talk about uh, in our Facebook group. And by the way, if you're not part of the Facebook group, the High Rollers group, um, go to ampmpodcast.com and you'll see the link to the right for our Facebook group so that you can join it. It's a closed group, but we approve everybody who's awesome. If you're awesome, you're getting in. Anyways, the, the number one question, or I would, I would say the number one topic for questions is about pay-per-click. Like how can they get more traffic? Unless you've gotten into a really, really weird, super niched product or category, you shouldn't have any issues with traffic if you're doing things correctly. I'm hitting my budget, my max budget daily on on my main products. Those are the ones that I'm really focusing on. I've got smaller products I've mentioned in the past and I'm not hitting anywhere near my budget limit on those because there's just not enough enough search volume for those products. It's, it's, it's a weird niche. But the stuff that's got really high volume, which hopefully you're in, you should be just getting crazy amounts of traffic. Yeah, you've gotta get, you gotta get your keywords in there. And once your keywords in there, you can start driving some good traffic through pay-per-click. And here's another little tip, okay? If you are bidding really low, low amounts per, per click, you're gonna get the scraps. You're gonna get what's left over. You're gonna get what your competitors don't really want. Okay, so think about that. If you're spending $3 per click, you're gonna be out positioning your competitors in terms of, of especially if they're, if they're bidding under $3, I'm saying, and you're outbidding them, you're at $3, you're gonna outposition them, right? So you're gonna be getting those clicks. Now, if you're only bidding 50 cents a click and your competitors are all bidding more than you, right? What kind of traffic do you think you're gonna actually get at 50 cents a click if your competitors are bidding more? you're gonna get the traffic that Amazon cannot serve to them for some reason, for whatever reason it is. Either they've added those keywords as negative keywords, so they don't want them, or there's some reason why, you're, why they're not getting it. Maybe they've hit their budget, but that's probably not the case. So you're getting the scraps. And I've noticed this, I split test everything, you guys know this. When I lower my bids, yes, my cost goes way down, I actually get more clicks for the money that I spend, but my ACOS, right? The, the, the cost per sale 
goes way up. So then I've got to create negative keywords and so forth. So there, it, I guess there's pros and cons to it. I like bidding high. I like getting up there in front of, of the user, you know, and, and being that first thing, uh, first product that they see so that I can sell them my product. Once I, I can sell them on my brand, then I can charge more for my brand than the competitors. There's certain things that I say and that I do on my listing that my competitors don't that make the customer want to buy my stuff. That's really advanced stuff. And I, I won't be talking about that in the podcast. Um, I'll be talking about that in uh, in a separate place that I'm going to, if the pod, if that podcast episode isn't up yet, it will be shortly. But anyways, all right, I've, I've kind of gone off on a tangent here. I was talking about my 90-day goals um, and crushing them. 25,000 was easy. And now I just wanted to give you a little bit little bit of cool information when it comes to pay-per-click. There's a ton of strategies with, with pay-per-click that you can employ to actually get additional sales and start driving numbers up and I think most people just just don't do it if you're just starting out just use automatic don't mess with manual I mean a lot of people are trying to teach you hey use manual take your best converting stuff out of out of automatic and put it in manual I almost never do this honestly there's advantages to doing that to some extent but you're micromanaging so much and and I just don't have the time for it so I'll use negative keywords for sure I download my reports. I look at what's not converting after a certain amount of time. Give it about a week, seven to ten days. You got to spend a little bit, a little bit of money in order to make money. Give it about a, uh, seven to ten days. See what's not converting. And if you're only getting one click and there's not that many impressions, don't kill it, right? I mean, you just give that some time. But if you're getting 200 clicks and you haven't made a conversion, then yeah, I would, uh, I'd probably kill that one. I'd, I'd put it into a negative keyword. I'd find out why, I'd look at it and analyze it and find out why that particular keyword phrase is not converting, okay? Maybe it's just not relevant to, to what you're doing. So for example, if you're selling a coffee machine or a cappuccino maker, a machine, whatever it is, right? And you notice that people are typing in ground coffee and that's coming up constantly and you're getting clicks, but you're not making any sales. Well, people aren't looking for a coffee maker, they're looking for coffee. So it might be a, a negative keyword phrase that you wanna start adding. That's a really random example there, but I, I'm just trying to illustrate why, why you might be getting a lot of traffic because the keywords that you use in your listing are probably going to be what Amazon thinks are relevant to ground coffee when it's really not. It's a, something that uses ground coffee. So I've done that a million times with my products. I go in and I'm like, wow, I'm getting, you know, it's 27,000 impressions in the last hour and it's getting, you know, tons of clicks, but it's just not converting. So what else? Uh, yes, I earlier I was mentioning, you know, bullet points and descriptions. They, they rank, guys. I know there's people that say they don't and, you know, do what you want. I, I can guarantee you for me, they rank, okay? Titles rank, bullet points rank, descriptions rank. Descriptions don't always rank, okay? Descriptions are are hit or miss. Sometimes they rank, sometimes they don't. And even when they do rank, sometimes it's only a portion of the description. It's really weird. I haven't cracked that one yet. I'm not sure exactly why description ranks and sometimes it doesn't. It, it works better in certain categories as well. Certain categories, it almost always, um, I wouldn't say it almost always ranks, but it, it's ranked a lot more than in some of the other categories we've seen. Anyways, what else? What else can I talk about? There's a lot of things. Man, I don't even know where to start. I, I've not done enough podcasts for sure. And I, I promise I'm going to get more of these out. I can say that one thing for sure is that I've become way, way better at calculating inventory. That's been my, <laughs> my kryptonite. Holy 
moly, I'm just bad with that. Um, and I didn't know, right? I'm not used to having to wait months to get product. And that's really what it is, right? I mean, it takes 45 days for my supplier to actually, you know, from the time I place my order until the time they're ready to ship it. And then if I stick it on a boat, it's on a boat for 30 days minimum, right? And then it takes uh, sometimes another week, two weeks to uh, to clear customs and, and actually get to Amazon. So I'm talking about 90 days out. So if I order something today, right? What is today? February, it's the end of February. So, um, you know, I'm looking at all of March, April, May. So I'm going to be looking at almost June before the products actually arrive at Amazon. Now, if I do Express Air, it's different, right? Express Air, I can get it, uh, let's say it's 45 days to manufacture and then a week to get it to Amazon. So I'm looking at two months. So since we're almost in March here, it would be uh, what, March, April? Yeah, I'd get it at the end of April, beginning of May. So it's still a ways away. But now I know, right? My I've got inventory that's coming in. And as the inventory, before it even hits Amazon, I've already got my next order placed, right? So my, they're, they're working on it. And uh, like I said, the inventory just arrived this week, uh, the past week or so. And my other products are almost finished. They're gonna be ready to ship in about, um, I guess less than a week. And then those will go on a boat. So then I'll, I should have those in, in a month. And then once, I don't know, a few weeks into that, I'll probably place another order. So I'll have a continuous stream. I don't want to come back to you guys and say, oh, guess what, guys? I ran out of inventory again. And I guess it could happen if I, if, um, you know, demand is massive, right? If, if my sales start going nuts and I'm doing 100 units per day, or 150 units per day uh, on each SKU, then I could potentially run dry quicker than they anticipated. So I'm gonna keep an eye on it. I'm gonna try to think about this a little bit. You know, I'm gonna try to plan for it and and make sure that I don't run out of inventory because that's been my biggest thing. Otherwise, I'd be golden right now. I'd be well into my my journey here to to generate seven figures with, with this product line. So with just one of the product lines. And I think I'm still on track. I mean, I've only lost uh, a couple months Make sure if you're in, if you're bringing stuff in from China that you have the little made in China sticker applied to your product. You don't want your product getting stuck at uh, the border, right? Uh, during importing and, and not being able to get your product. And if you're trying to go for a little higher price point than your competitors, do something to make your product look better. Even if it's the packaging, you know, if, if all of the other competitors are coming in bubble wrap, talk to your supplier, see if you can get a nice looking carton of some kind that it goes into, you know, a nice white carton that you can print your logo on. You'd be surprised at how cheap you can get these things done uh, when you're getting it all done through your, your supplier there in China. You know, you can get your FN SKU label printed right on the white box so you don't have to pay Amazon or, or do that yourself. Um, so you get that, you get a nice label um, printed right on the box. You can have the made in China actually printed right on the box as well. You get it all done at the same time and you can get it done for, you can have the whole thing done for cents essentially when it's all said and done. It's nothing. And then your product looks that much better than your competitors. That's about it guys. Um, just wanted to give you an update. I am on pace now and, um, oh, I've got, um, I've got a couple product lines, new product lines, two brands that I'm going to be introducing two brand new brands. So that brings me to three brands that I'm actually going to be building. I was only going to stick with two, but now it's going to be three. And uh, two, is it two? One, one product for one brand. And the other brand is going to be um, one product line for now. And then I'm going to introduce a second one if it takes off. So I'm excited about that. 
But okay, that's the final update. And I hope you learned something from this episode as well. So take care, guys. Please do leave me um, feedback on iTunes if you can. If you haven't, I'd appreciate it. And I will talk to you guys next time. You've been listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider, insider tools, tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.